This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and thank you for joining me here on this week, the middle of now November. We're over a calendar month into the NHL season. The picture is starting to come out a little bit clear about which teams are real and which teams are not. But there's still a lot of surprises in the team's performances that we have seen, and I will jump into all of that on this episode 20 of the Hockey Hotbed. Like I said, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry I missed last Friday, but considering what my work schedule was and my personal schedule last week, my brain just could not comprehend the balance and I needed to take Friday off. But thank you for joining me once again here on this forum to talk about the NHL and all of the great performances that we have seen thus far into the season. What I'm going to do to start off this show in segment number one is talk about a couple of the players who are being big contributors to the teams that are big surprises. And these players as well are surprising me this season so far. So we have some surprises in the first segment here. And then in the second segment, you know what? We haven't given enough credit to what Connor McDavid is doing this season. It seems like the Art Ross Trophy race is not going to be close. We're not going to have an entertaining Art Ross Trophy race down to the end unless you're talking about between either McDavid or Dreisaitl. But I will tell you in the second segment what is going to be so much fun to watch about Connor McDavid through this season. It's not going to be an Art Ross Trophy race, but there's something else very, very fun that we're going to be watching. But like I said, I want to start off this episode with a a shortened and more specific coast-to-coast segment. We're talking about people through the first month of the season, players and teams that have surprised me. And with that, I'm going to start in New York. The New York Rangers came into this season expecting to be a pretty good team. Obviously, they went out and got guys like Ryan Reeves. They overpaid for guys like Barclay Goodrow. They traded... Pavel Buchnevich, who's a skill player, for a little bit more sandpaper and grit in Sammy Blay. So they're expecting to be a playoff team. There's no other way that you can explain those moves by general manager Chris Drury other than he's gearing up to make this team more suitable for postseason hockey. The question was, is this even a postseason team? It's a question that I asked at the beginning of the season when I saw those moves. I said, listen, let's hold the pump the brakes a little bit here. Do we know if this team is postseason worthy before we add these postseason chips? Well, Chris Drury said that he saw the team that he had together and he thinks they're going to be there. He thinks the trajectory is taking them to the postseason. And as of right now, who can argue with him? We're just over a month into the season. The Rangers are 9-3-3, currently sit in third place in the Metropolitan Division, a division that during the first three weeks of the NHL regular season, 
was on fire. All eight teams. Now, a couple of teams have kind of faded to the bottom of the division. The Pittsburgh Penguins, the New York Rangers, the Columbus Blue Jackets have fallen off a little bit. But the Rangers right now are right there in the upper echelon with the Capitals, with the Hurricanes. That is in large part due to that young core that everybody likes to talk about. Obviously, Adam Fox inked that huge contract. We talked about it here on the Hockey Hotbed. And he also won the Norris Trophy last year. But this year already, he is leading the team in points. As a defenseman, he's leading the team in points right now. Over a point a game, 16 in only 15 games played this season for the New York Rangers. Obviously, you love to see that if you're New York. You have these guys like Panarin, like Zibanejad, that are going to be high up there in the league scoring race. But to see a guy like Adam Fox follow up a Norris Trophy season with the start of, in the first 15 games, an even better year, it's something that if you're the Rangers, you're very ecstatic to see. But that's not my biggest surprise in New York. Neither is Artemi Panarin, 15 points in 15 games. That's what you expect from the Breadman. You expect him to go out there, put out a point a game, and be electrifying, which is what he has done so far. My surprise isn't even Igor Shosturkin, who's had a great start to the season. 7-2-2, two and two, 246 goals allowed average, 929 save percentage. He's a major reason why this team is winning so many games because he has been just stout and sturdy in net for the New York Rangers. But my biggest surprise, it's not the goaltending. It's not the young stud defenseman. It's not their top echelon superstars in Panarin, Zibanejad. It's not even Keandre Miller. It's Chris Kreider. This is a guy that maybe should be the captain of this team. He's been a New York Ranger his entire career. And this year, if you haven't looked already, Kreider has 11 goals and 14 points in 15 games played. Chris Kreider, he's not a young buck anymore. He's not a guy that I expected to go out there and be this guy. I mean, he, he is putting in goals at a commensurated rate right now for the Rangers. And who can blame them for getting excited out there in New York? He has scored 20 goals in six of the last seven seasons. So that much is not a surprise. We knew he was going to probably get to the 20 goal mark. He's one of those guys that is one of those underrated, sneaky, consistent 20 goal scorers. Six of the last seven years. And his career high is 28. He hit that mark twice in 2016-17 and 2018-19. So yeah, it's not too surprising that he's going to have over 20 goals. But to have 11 in the first 15 games right now, that's a pace of a 60-goal season for Chris Kreider, a guy whose previous career high was 28. Now, when I say he's on pace for 60, he's not going to hit 60. He won't. If he does, I mean, timestamp this, throw it back in my face, old takes exposed, that's fine. But there's going to be a regression to the mean a little bit for Chris Kreider. But who can fault people for getting excited in New York? I mean, 11 goals in 15 games. That's crazy for a guy like Chris Kreider. Whenever, especially, you have guys like Panarin, Zabenajad, Lafreniere, Kako, I haven't even mentioned those guys. They're all down the line in this roster. And all performing fairly decently. I mean, Alexi Lafreniere had a little bit of a slump there. Got off the uh, off the schneid over the weekend. But you have this many skilled players in New York. Yet you have a guy like Chris Kreider who also did just sign a huge extension back in 2020. 
So it's still a pretty fresh contract. He's going to be there for a while. Getting $6.5 million a year? This is exactly what you want to see if you're Chris Drury and the New York Rangers. So that is one of the biggest surprises to me so far this season is the fact that Chris Kreider right now is on an absolute roll for the New York Rangers who we expected to be good. I didn't expect to be this good this early on. The next team that is surprising me and a player on that team that is surprising me. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a team that surprised me and a player on that team specifically. The team is the Nashville Predators. I didn't expect the Nashville Predators to be any good this year. I just, I didn't know who was going to perform for them. They have some decent players. They have a pretty decent defense. You see Soros and Net. Let's give him credit where credit is due. He has stepped in in the shoes of Pecorine and made that transition seamless, which is not an easy thing to do. Obviously, congratulations to Pecorine on a great career. His jersey is going to be retired in Nashville, the first one ever. So the fact that UC Soros has been able to make that transition as smoothly as he has, that is huge for the Nashville Predators. They didn't take a dip when it comes to goaltending performance. And that is a big reason why they are 9-5-1 on the year. They are in third place in the Central Division, a really, really weird division to start the year. If you want to look at the division standings and tell me which one is the most unpredictable, look at the Central. I mean, the Preds are in third. St. Louis has dropped down to fourth. Colorado's nowhere near the top right now. And Chicago, who most people expected to be at least half decent, I mean, they're starting to pick things up now. But they're still way down, I believe, in seventh right now out of eight places. The Predators have me been, to me, the biggest surprise in the Central Division, though. Third place, UC Soros, I was talking about him a little bit, 927 save percentage. It's pretty impressive. Roman Yossi, even more impressive. Former Norris Trophy winner, this guy is the heartbeat and the soul of this team. He's been on his game. 16 points in 15 games. Are you noticing a pattern in those first two teams that I've talked about? Their leading scorer is a defenseman. That is just over a point a game. Hence the reason, color me surprised, I could have never predicted that for either of those two teams. I could not have predicted Fox to be over a point a game 15 in, and I could not have predicted Roman Yossi to be over a point a game 15 in. Now, Yossi at least has some company with the 16 points. He's tied with two other players. Mikhail Granlund, great start to the season for him, normally thought as a depth piece or just an additional piece, not a star, has been able to get up there and help lead this team in points so far. But even even bigger surprise to me is Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne is a guy who was long considered to be a locker room cancer. You saw what happened with him in Colorado. You saw what happened with him whenever he left Colorado. It was not an easy go of things for Matt Duchesne. And now he's landed a place in Nashville where he's kind of been able to fall out of the national spotlight because that's where he was when he was considered a locker room cancer. He was in the national spotlight with this. Luckily for him, he's fallen out of the national spotlight and just kind of found a home there in Nashville. He became, I mean, does anybody know that he is the highest paid forward on that team right now? $8 million and he still has four years left on that contract. You need him to perform if you're Nashville. And luckily for them, he has thus far into the season. 
nine goals and 16 points. Like I said, tied with Yossi and Granlund for the team lead in Nashville. This is a team, like, like I said, at the beginning of the season, and I say that a lot, I'm realizing this now, but at the beginning of the season, I thought this team was going to be 6th, 7th, 8th in the Central Division. At least up to this point, they've proved me 100% wrong. 100% wrong. So, so is the next team that I'm going to talk about. But we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But Matt Duchesne specifically in the last couple of games on, you know, since last Thursday, two games, five points. Of those five points, three of them goals. The guy has uh, performed very well. Like I said, he, he fell out of the national spotlight. There's no stories going around right now of Matt Duchesne being a locker room cancer for the Nashville Predators. And he's found a spot on a team that is not expected to score a lot. I mean, even back when the Nashville Predators went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2017 and had that run, and even the following year when they were one of the best teams in the Western Conference, they were not considered a high-scoring team. They were considered a team that had one of the deepest defense cores in the NHL and one of the best goaltending in the NHL with Pecorine. Now, they still have that. They still have Roman Yossi on the back end. They still have Matthias Ekholm. They don't have, you know, P.K. Subban who left since then. They don't have Ryan Ellis who they traded in the offseason since then. But they have UC Soros back there that stepped in for Pecorine. And as I said, seamless transition. So the Preds are playing Predators hockey right now. And they're getting help from unsuspecting characters like Matt Duchesne, like Mikhail Granlund. That's why they're one of the biggest surprises to me right now. The last team I'm going to talk about in this coast-to-coast segment before I take a quick break is the Anaheim Ducks. I did take last Friday off, but what I talked last Monday on this podcast, I talked about Troy Terry and, and his point streak. That point streak is still intact a week later. The longer he does this, the more and more I'm going to talk about it, obviously, and the more and more national spotlight it's going to get. Anaheim has had a rough go of it the past four or five seasons. They really have. They went from a team that was perpetually the Pacific Division champions to a team that was perpetually missing the playoffs and getting in the top six or seven in draft selections. But they've used those picks. They've rebuilt. I don't think anybody expected them to be anywhere close to the team that they are right now. And it's still early. There can still be an implosion. And they're still riding high on the back of a really impressive win streak that could be the sole success of this season. You never know. We've seen teams that have looked really good early in the season, mainly due to a really impressive win streak, and then just not be able to get it back once they lose it. We'll see what happens with Anaheim, but as of right now, they're in the middle of that high on a win streak. They're 9-4-3 on the season. That's good for second in the Pacific Division. The only team they're trailing is the Edmonton Oilers. And as we'll talk about in the next segment, the Edmonton Oilers have some ungodly players doing ungodly things for them right now. Look at the Anaheim Ducks, a team that, over the past couple years, has been in the bottom five in scoring for the NHL. It's been tough to light the lamp for Anaheim. Now, the one thing that they've been able to lean on has been the fact that they have an all-world goaltender in John Gibson. There were rumors that maybe John Gibson gets traded. Maybe he's out of there. He He hasn't been. And now they're reaping the rewards with a really good run that I'm sure a lot of their fans are really appreciative of. It's been a while since they've seen the Ducks have this kind of success, especially early on in a season, which will give them hope 
throughout the middle months and the dog days of the NHL season once we get past Thanksgiving. Now, with that being said, obviously issues with their general manager now stepping away. You clear that of the locker room. Apparently an abusive relationship between Murray and a lot of his employees. So now that that's gone too, you hope for the best, obviously, for Bob Murray. You hope that he gets the help that he needs. But that's just, there's no place for that in the NHL. And that's why you see him already away from the Anaheim Ducks. Again, hopefully he gets all of the issues that he has taken care of. But as far as the Ducks are concerned, they're moving forward. And right now, they're playing really good hockey. Like I mentioned, they're riding high on a win streak. That win streak is at seven games, which is the longest current win streak in the NHL. So yes, a lot of eyes are shifting to Southern California to look at the Anaheim Ducks. Now, while the eyes are there, I think a lot of people are going to notice the Ducks do need to rebrand a little bit. Uh, Their jerseys probably need upgraded a little bit. I won't harp on that too much because I still like them. I think they're they're pretty, pretty nice jerseys. I do think they need upgraded just a little bit. But that's, a, that's just a quick aside about the Anaheim Ducks. I won't get on them anymore about that. I'm just going to praise them for what else is going on down there. Ryan Getzlaff, who throughout the offseason, there were a lot of people that were saying maybe the Ducks should trade Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, they might get something for him and give him an opportunity to go somewhere similar to what Corey Perry has been doing to try to win another Stanley Cup. Obviously, Getzlaff was part of that early 2000s or mid to late 2000s Anaheim Ducks Stanley Cup team. He was very young at that point, early on in his career. And since then, while they have found some success, they have not gotten back to that point. And then the last five seasons, as I mentioned, has been really bad for Anaheim. But Getzlaff has been there through it all. Now the Anaheim Ducks franchise leader in point scoring. And who would have thought that he, would be playing at the level that he's playing right now, that he would be finding the score sheet as much as he has right now. Now, he's only scored one goal. But the dude is one of the best facilitators in the league to start the season. He has 16 assists in 16 games. Added on that one goal, he has over a point a game. Who would have thought that from Ryan Getzloff? Staying true to the team that drafted him, staying true to the team that he has played for his entire 15-plus year career, and he's being rewarded right now early in the season. You love to see it. Now, when you look at the Ducks, obviously, they're a team that features a lot of young players that you need to step up. You know, you got your Sam Steeles, you got your Max Comtois, you have a guy like Trevor Zegras in his first full year, technically still his rookie year. He has four goals and eight points. Not bad. Not bad. Jamie Drysdale. One goal, six, uh, seven points from a defenseman. That's not bad at all. These guys are kind of stepping in, getting a little bit more acclimated to the NHL game. And meanwhile, seeing what it's like to be on a winning team. That's really good for the Anaheim Ducks. And then there's Tre- uh, Troy Terry. I almost said Trevor Zegers again. But then there's Troy Terry. Doing something to put the Ducks in the national spotlight, which is exactly what they need because... Without Troy Terry's point streak, yeah, somebody might mention the Anaheim Ducks, but I don't think they're quite as front and center as they have been this past week without Troy Terry doing Troy Terry things, apparently. That's the that's the new norm for him. 
On the year, he has 11 goals, which is tied for third in the NHL. And he has 20 points, which is tied for fourth in the NHL. Who would have, uh, who on their bingo cards had Troy Terry in the top five in scoring? Anybody? No. Because if you did, you're a liar or you're just a really, really, really devoted Anaheim Ducks fan. So yeah, those numbers are unreal. And then you put t that together with the fact that of the 16 games the Ducks have played, Troy Terry has played in 15 of them. And has a point streak of 14 games. So his first game of the season, he didn't score a point. But since then, in every single game, he's found the score sheet. Which is impressive in its own right to start a year like that. But when you look at that as far as the Anaheim Ducks are concerned, that is tied with Ryan Getzlaff, his teammate, for fourth best in franchise history. Now, Getzlaff did that in 2013-14 where he had 14-game point streak. If Terry scores in their next outing, he will get sole possession of fourth. And with that, he'll also tie Ryan Getzlaff in 2007-2008 for the third longest point streak. Then he's only behind Timu Solani and Corey Perry. That's that's royalty right there if you're in Anaheim. To say that Corey Perry has 19 games, so Terry is five point or five games off of that number one spot with Corey Perry in 2009-2010. He has three games off of the slot whereas Timu Solani in 1998-99. And like I said, if he gets a point in their next game, he'll tie Ryan Getzlaff's 2007-2008 mark of 15 games played to start the season. Or 15-game point streak, not even to start the season. Just overall point streak. That's really impressive for a guy that was pretty much written off by a lot of people around the league. They said, you know what, he's been in the league a couple years. He hasn't been able to really produce at a level that we kind of expected him to. He's not an A prospect anymore. He's just a, He is an NHL player. But he's kind of a, a, a second tier, maybe a decent middle sixer. He's proven everybody wrong this year. And, it, you know, who knows? It might be a one-off. But let's also not forget that the Anaheim Ducks were abysmal as a team when it comes to scoring the past couple of seasons. So now that the team itself is becoming a little bit more offense-driven, Troy Terry is starting to break out. Is that a coincidence? Maybe. But at the same time, it spells good things in Southern California. I'm going to take a quick break, but when I return, we're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers because I've mentioned them. I've put them in my three stars of the week. I've said, you know, they're doing some ungodly things. I said McJesus is living up to his name, but I need to give a whole segment devoted to what Connor McDavid himself is doing. We'll talk about that right after the break. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now 
use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in a net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook Act for great odds and opportunities. Once again, promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I've been talking this entire episode about unsuspecting and surprising performances across the NHL talked about the Rangers, I talked about the Predators, I talked about the Ducks. Those teams and the players that I discussed of that were all very surprising to me so far. The fact that Connor McDavid is doing what Connor McDavid is doing right now is not surprising per se, but it's exciting. It's something that, you know, I expected him to have a good season and most people did. Coming off a 105 point season in 55 games, you're gonna have eyes turning in that direction. And what his teammate Leon Dreisaitl is doing right alongside with him is almost as equally impressive as that. But unfortunately, with those two players playing at that level, we're probably not going to get anybody else in the Art Ross trophy race. It's going to be a matter of which of these two players is going to outscore the other. So we don't really have the most interesting of scoring races that we're probably going to see this year. I know it's only a month in, but the pace at which these two are setting is historic and just ungodly, especially in the salary cap era. And we'll get into some cap era stuff in this segment. But what we can do, in the absence of a really, really interesting and really fun and really back-and-forth Art Ross Trophy race between two players in two different cities, what we can do in the absence of that is watch Connor McDavid do some absolutely stellar things and make some records. Because as of right now, he's uh, he's starting to etch his name in the record books a couple times already this season. On Sunday, Connor McDavid was able to reach 600 career points in only his 421st career regular season game. If that sounds fast, it's because it is. That is the sixth fastest in NHL history. Behind Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Peter Stastny, Mike Bossy, and Yari Curry. Yeah, that's a that's a little ridiculous. Just a, just a, a a smidge ridiculous. 421 games to 600 points. When I saw that he reached that milestone, I did a double take because I didn't. I don't normally look at Connor McDavid's career total in points, but the fact that he's already at 600. It's. Surprising. Obviously, it's historic. 421 games to get 600 points. Something that, you know, imagine if he was healthy. We say that about a lot of people. Imagine if Lemieux was healthy. Imagine if Crosby was healthy. Luckily, we've gotten 
You know, Wayne Gretzky was usually healthy. Alex Ovechkin has remained healthy for his entire career. Knock on wood. Hopefully that continues. But Connor McDavid missed some time. He also had a very debilitating knee injury that he was able to rehab without surgery and come back within an offseason. And he still stayed on this course of being an absolutely ridiculous NHL hockey player. He's the best player in the league, bar none. So yeah, that that is one thing. Put him in the record book, six fastest to 600 career points. Congratulations to Connor McDavid. But also, on the year, if you look at his current current stat line, 10 goals and 27 points for the Pacific-leading Edmonton Oilers in 14 games played. The biggest knock on McDavid has always been, where's the team success? You can be judged as an individual, but this is a team game. That comes into it. His team has only won one postseason series since he got there. They haven't won, and I don't believe, and I'm pretty sure that it's correct, they have not won a division title. Right now, his team is playing great. They're in first place in the Pacific Division. They're winning a bunch of hockey games. Doing it mainly on the backs of, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. But there's getting team success as well. So that's something else to watch. That might add to his legacy if he's able to start, you know, getting off the schneid whenever it comes to April, May, maybe even June. But right now, Connor McDavid is on pace. And we already talked about, you know, what on pace means. There might be a regression of the mean. We talked about that with Chris Kreider. But he's on pace for 158 points. Not only would that become the highest point total by a player in the salary cap era, it would be by 30 points. <laughs> it would be He would break the record for salary cap era scoring by the measure of a third-line goals, a third-line player's entire season. 30 points. Right now, the cap era leaders and best seasons by points. Two of them are in 2005-2006. Number three was uh, Yarmir Yager. Had 123 points in 2005-2006. Number two was Jumbo Joe Thornton. Had 125 points in 2005-2006. And right now, the best season in the salary cap era individually is Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2018-19, where he had 128 points. McDavid right now is on pace for 158. So while we don't have this great Art Ross trophy race between Connor McDavid and, let's say, Nathan McKinnon or Artemi Panarin, where we get two fan bases that get to go out there and root for their guy and scoreboard watch, we have two guys on the same team that we're just going to say, oh, which of them is going to score more tonight? It takes a little bit of the luster out, but we still have this, which is going to be a very real race this season. Will Connor McDavid become the leading scorer of the salary cap era? The best single season in the salary cap era. And with that, will Leon Dreisaitl do it as well? Will this team put up two players with the best seasons of the salary cap era? If they do that, you have to imagine, one, that they're a playoff team. That's pretty much a lock. But two, do they get a division title for the first time in McDavid's career? Let's shift it over to Dreisaitl a little bit because where McDavid has been ungodly, Dreisaitl has been 
you know, otherworldly. I don't know what, I guess ungodly is probably a little bit higher, but both of these guys are 1A, 1B when it comes to peak performances this season. Leon Dreisaitl has 15 goals and 31 points already this year. 31! 31 points already this year. Can we just please realize that this team has only played in 14 games? Leon Dreisaitl has over 2.2 points per game right now. If he has a couple of really, really good games in the next week, he could be around three points per game again. About 20% of the way into the season. Absolute just lunacy from Leon Dreisaitl. To where I said Connor McDavid on pace for 158, Leon Dreisaitl's on pace for 182 points this year. 182 points. There are not many players right now that I can pick out that are going to have 100-point seasons. He's going to have 182 if he stays on this pace. Again, regression to the mean. We always have to remember it is a long season and very hard to sustain this early season success. But if he performs that feat, he would be 8th all-time. Not in the salary cap era, all-time. In scoring seasons by an individual. That would be behind Mario Lemieux once. And Wayne Gretzky seven times. All of those seasons that I'm talking about that would be above Leon Dreisaitl all happened in the 1980s. Where, if you remember, there was a lot of scoring to begin with. So, it would be the best single season points year for any player since the 1980s. Through the dead puck era, through the entirety of the salary cap era up to this point. It would blow Nikita Kucherov's season out of the water, which, I mean, you hate to see because that season was magical, but it's it's not what we're seeing right now from Dreisaitl and McDavid. So if you haven't tuned into any Edmonton Oilers games, I suggest you do. I did a watch-along on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, which if you haven't watched it, I don't know if you'd go back and watch it again. I'd appreciate it, but I, I don't know... Uh, if there's much much point to doing that, it was uh, the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins last week. But I'm going to continue to do those watch-alongs. And if you want to watch me watch along to a game, I'm probably going to pick out a couple Oilers games just to have the fun of watching along with fans in that forum and watching what those two do during a game. So keep an eye out for that. But before I go, I also want to mention the fact that there's one other thing that we need to keep an eye on when looking at a guy like Connor McDavid right now, it's the fact that currently he's riding a 14-game point streak. They've only played in 14 games. So he's scored in every single game thus far into the season. That's tied for the 17th longest, 17th longest point streak to start a season in NHL history. Not miraculous by any means. I mean, 17th longest, that's nothing to scoff at, but you know that's not front-page news. But it's something that if we watch, it'll be fun. Like I'm saying, in the absence of an Art Ross Trophy race, which we're really not going to get this year, we need to start picking these things out when these two players are playing at this level. And Connor McDavid right now, that's something that you need to pin there to keep an eye on. Because the top point streak to start a season is 51 games by Wayne Gretzky. Now, listen, Connor McDavid is far off from that. It's not close. It's not like it's not a Vetchkin to Gretzky's record close. 
But it's something that if you look at the way he's playing, if you look at the points that he's scoring, if you look at the players that he's playing with, I mean, look at their power play percentage. It's over 40%. It's absolutely asinine right now. It's something that, you know, I can see it in the realm of possibility. It's in the realm. It, it is. He's 37 games off right now. Which, you know, 37 game point streak is is already one of the top ones in the NHL. But if he can get to that number, a number that is probably not going to be reached by any other human being until the next generation, at least. Maybe never. Connor McDavid right now on a 14 game point streak. He'll be able to move up that list pretty quickly. I believe once he gets to 20 games, he's into the top 10 already. At least, maybe even the top 8. So keep an eye on it. Anytime you see, if you're not watching Edmonton Oilers games, one, if you like hockey, I suggest you watch because it's some of the best hockey right now. It's fun hockey too because their defense is not great. So they give up a lot of goals, but they also score at, at will, really. But... If you're not willing to put in the time for that, but you still think this is interesting and you want to follow along, check the box score. I'm sure Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, for that matter, are going to be in the box score. And as time goes along here, if if McDavid can continue to play within the lines there, a point a game to start the season, we're going to have some really fun conversations coming up about the Edmonton Oilers. But that's going to do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Hotbed. I appreciate you lending me your ear or lending me your eyes if you're watching on YouTube. But that's going to do it. We'll see you guys on Friday. Have a good week, hockey fans.